Story Guys is a fake game show podcast. The stories are real, the points are fake. My name is Brian. I'm Murdoch. And we like to start the show often by talking about stories that aren't our own. Not necessarily something we have created, but that have affected us or that we really liked. We call it Story of the Week. I want to spin it for just a second and talk about something I really did not like. Is that okay? Yeah. Can I sure. talk about a crappy story? Yeah. So I've, I've been on uh, um, What Should I Read Next with Ambocal before, and so if you listen to the show, you might know that I'm quite the reader. Uh, just read Alex Michaelides' book, The Silent Patient, which is a pretty popular um, in the thriller genre over the last 365 days or so. And I just, if you like that book, I need someone to email me and explain to me why you liked it, because I thought it was hot garbage, and I don't understand why it's so popular. And I went and read, like, you ever go back and read online reviews from users, and you're like, are these people, like, are they, like, what? Why, why do they like this? Like, I, I just, I went right. back and read all this stuff, and I don't understand why anybody liked it. I thought it was so terribly constructed. The twist in it, I saw coming a mile away. I just, I... Everything about it I thought sucked. So I just need someone to explain to me why it's good. We are the story guys at gmail.com. If you want to write a uh, a tepid or non-tepid defense, any sort of defense of the silent patient, please do that. Um, but to be positive, because I'm a positive guy, um, I also recently read The Library Book by Susan Orlean. Do you know who Susan Orlean is? Uh, no, I don't okay, think so. Okay, so you do. That's the reason you're vaguely familiar is that she wrote a book years and years ago called The Orchid Thief. Hmm. I I know the name of the book. Okay, so the reason you know the Orchid Thief is the Orchid Thief was uh, the the rights to the Orchid Thief were bought, and Charlie Kaufman, the filmmaker, was like, "Oh, I'm going to make this movie," and then he tried to make a movie about the Orchid Thief, and he couldn't figure out how to do it, so he made a movie about him trying to make a movie about the Orchid Thief, and they called it Adaptation. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I got to say is pretty awesome. Like yeah. that's some creative problem solving. That's the kind of stuff I want to inspire my kids, right? It's like, listen, yeah. you can't figure out how to do something you've been committed to. Find out a creative way to, like, and that movie ended up, I think it won some Academy Awards. Yeah, right. It was at least nominated because, fun fact I like to spill about that movie is that he creates a twin brother for himself mm-hmm. as a screenwriter in that movie and they both got nominated. I can't believe that's... So it's the only time wow. in history that I know of that a fictional character has been nominated for an Oscar. Anyway, yeah. uh, to... Uh, uh, to bring this back to Susan Orlean, she's more recently written another book called The Library Book, which is about uh, the 1987 fire of the L.A. Library, the arson, what what was suspected to be arson of the uh, Los Angeles uh, Public Library in downtown L.A. Um, and she intersperses through this true story a lot of history about libraries in America. I realize that I sound like the biggest nerd in the world right now, but when, it is the greatest. When, it is such a fascinating book. When was that fire? That fire was in 1987. Wow. Okay. So yeah. not none related to the riots in 92. Okay. No, 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 no. So this was all before that, and they don't really know for sure. I mean, what comes out in the book, slight spoiler, is that there's been a guy attached to, you know, who they've tried to pin this on, who they never actually got into jail or anything for it. Um, but it's pretty sketchy as to what really started the fire. Like, no one's really 100% sure, and it's hard to pin. Arson is a very hard thing to prove, which is one thing you find out in this book. Um, but it is a fascinating ride through the the true crime story of sorts about the library and the arson investigation and all that, but also just through the history of libraries and why they started and how they started and all that kind of stuff, which is not stuff I knew. So um, as snoozy as that might sound to some of you, I promise – it is. Uh, it's really well written and really well done. Brought to brought to you by the woman who wrote a book that was unadaptable by Charlie Kaufman and thus turned into adaptation. <laughs> so, what's your story of the week, buddy? 
Oh, um, man. So literally yesterday, uh, I just read that there's a new Cambridge Analytica leak. So if everyone wasn't familiar, there was a 2015 where there was almost 100 million people whose data was compromised by Facebook, by Cambridge Analytica, which is a third party, basically, and they... I mean, other third-party platforms ended up getting everyone's personal information about it. And this is really where a lot of really the heavy negative PR has happened for Facebook because they're a criminal enterprise, period. So He said it, folks. Hot take. So, uh, yeah. Well, it, it stinks when it's true. I don't know if a uh, hot take is when something's true. So, <laughs> yeah. So now, so now the, the new leak is there's a person that was a whistleblower who worked at Cambridge Analytica, and there's about 100,000 new documents that they have that show that not only what originally there was, this person was subpoenaed for in the Robert Mueller investigation that was about the U.S.-Russia uh, interaction with our election, which was completely compromised. It shows that this has happened in 68 additional countries. Whoa. So it is a systematic dystopian takedown of what our free elections are basically globally. So only a few of these documents have been put out, but they're going to be put out the rest of the year. This like came out yesterday. Uh, so talk about distressing. But that's a, that's a depressing story of the week, bro. So to go positive, my favorite <laughs> my favorite new thing on Facebook is where people are putting up their uh, their list of about favorite things about concerts. And so we're going to do word association quasi concert stuff because you and I can do this. So these are lists that I just started noticing them yesterday, but now it's it seems to be everywhere. So first concert, Brian. Uh, new song, the band later known for Christmas shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, new song or Carmen, who is also a Christian singer. Like, there's going to be somebody listening right now who's like, "Oh my god, I went to a Carmen concert." Okay, he built a whole empire by doing these like weird Civic Center concerts. Mine was Kenny Rogers. The last concert you attended was Angels and Airwaves, maybe. Okay, mine was Cracker. I don't think I can answer this one. Best concert uh, of all time. Yeah. I have I have a short list. Um, Coldplay in '09, uh, Chance the Rapper in like 2000. 10 or 12, whenever. No, that was probably 13 uh, when he was first starting out. Um, I saw a bar show of old 97s once that blew my mind. There's three. Yeah. I I don't even really know where to really begin with this one. Yeah, that's hard. It's really hard. Um, Loudest concert. Oh, man. The one that comes to mind, I was just telling this story to someone the other day, was I saw Marcus King Band in a bar about a year and a half ago, and I couldn't hear for the next day. That was, okay. I saw Motorhead and Slayer. That's pretty loud. Um, Motorhead opening act, by the way. Um, which act have you seen the most? Oh, I've done this. I think uh, it's either Josh Ritter or Counting Crows. It's probably Josh Ritter at this point. Okay. What? Uh, mine's Super Drag. What's your least favorite worst concert ever? Senses Fail? The emo band? Okay. Circa 2005 or six, probably. Sufjan Stevens for me. Okay. Um, Fair. I, it was actually okay until the end, and then there was a thing that happened in the end, and I walked out. I literally got up and walked out. Oh, yeah, you told me about that before. Yeah. Um, and then what's the next concert you're going to? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, the only one I know for sure, I will probably hit something before this, but my daughter and I have tickets to see the vocal band uh, Voice Play. They're kind of they're YouTube stars. They're on the sing off. We're gonna go drive up in a couple hours and see them. That was a Christmas present. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, excited. I'm seeing Amanda Shires. Oh yeah, I might go to that with you. That might be my next concert. So I'm, I'm doing that. Um, and then, who did you wish you have seen that you could not have seen? Obviously, because they're deceased. Right? Tom Petty. Yep, same. Yep. Never saw Tom Petty. <laughs> I had Tom Petty tickets, gave them to my buddy Nathan. The rest is history. Yeah. Did, did not go, or I let, I couldn't go with him or something. I, I know he went because I think he ended up going. I actually think he might have driven and gone by himself because he knew like there's not another opportunity for this. But yeah, yeah. I've, I missed Petty several times. Like had opportunities and, and something happened. I just never went, yeah. That was the story of the week brought to you by fried chicken at the gas station by Brian's house. Brian's house. Brian's house. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about, uh, oh, wow. Um, let's, let's, story of the week. We have story starters. They're song titles we pull from a list. And today um, I pulled from uh, songs by people named Ben, uh, which was a weird qualifier, but I threw some Ben Fold songs in there. I threw some Ben Queller songs in there. I threw some Ben Lee songs in there because they all three of those guys were in a group, a super group of sorts called the Bens at one point. Yeah. Um, wow. I, can't believe I also threw that. in Benjamin Orr, uh, <laughs> Stay the Night. Cur- curveball <laughs> for me. But uh, but what I came up with was Ben Lee's Catch My Disease. I don't know if you know that song. That's a, that's a yeah, really sure song. I do. You know that? Yeah, it's like a happy, yeah, it's a yeah. happy sing-along. It, it is the happiest song with the word disease in it, probably on record. Yeah. Um, but uh, catch my disease. That's our story starter today. Do you, do you have anything for that? I do. You need to think any. You need to. You want to go first? Or you want me to go first? You <sighs> disease. You sacrificed cutting off your. You sacrificed your finger for the sake of a good story on our last episode. So I feel like if you need a minute. Yeah. So it, disease. So this can be about any type of sickness. Yeah. Thing. Okay. Okay. Sure. Fine. Um. So uh, last week. Uh, on the podcast, we talked about uh, me cutting off my finger, basically. I also got a tetanus shot, which I hadn't had in a while. So I have That's the disease you don't want to catch. Yeah, that's you get, that every, you get that every seven years you're supposed to, and then people don't do that. There's another uh, shot that I get, I'm supposed to get every seven years, and I forget to do that, and that is the pneumonia vaccine. And you know who gets There's that? There's a vaccine for that? Yeah, it's for seniors and Mark. <laughs> So how are you on the special list to get it? So when I was five, maybe, I guess, I had it. Um, I missed a third of the days of kindergarten. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember much of that. I mean, I was five. I don't, I don't know. I do remember a bit about I got it a second time. And pneumonia is a thing you don't mess with. Yeah. Uh, as an adult, definitely. Yeah. It's... It's, uh, you know, it can be fatal. You can get anything can happen, right? But I was eight. Um, and this is when I started having to get the the vaccine. I was supposed to get it anyway. Um, but I remember right before I had to go to the hospital, I wasn't eating a lot. And I remember there was French fries and I just ate all the French fries to tell my parents I'd eaten all the French fries so I didn't have to go to the hospital and it didn't work. You know, I still had to go to the hospital. <laughs> So, like, my white blood cell count was, like, incredibly low, like, for, like, just dangerously low. And so I ended up in the hospital in my hometown, which kind of disaster that is. They just, you know, what kind of medicine were they giving you? So I do remember one thing where there was a guy, no, a nurse that came in to take my blood, and she poked and poked and poked, 
and poked and poked uh, until I got really upset and I, with my arm, hit the tray that she had with like basically like then in the 80s, I guess, 1980s, that had glass vials of blood and I smashed it. Nice. Yeah. So the head administrator of the hospital came to take my blood to apologize to everyone for having somebody do that. And then I just kept getting shots. That's what I got um, because it's what you would do, I guess, in the 70s and 80s in my hometown. The one drug I think that I always used to get was called teramycin, and they stopped giving that to, to cattle in the 80s. I looked that up at one point. <laughs> uh, that's what I used to get three cc's of in my ass. Um <laughs> Every Saturday, like it'd be like school's out. Go to the doctor. Go see Doctor Porch, um, and yeah, and Doctor Porch had a big gigantic swordfish in his office. That was the only thing cool about him. He's just <laughs> just a big racist prick. Anyway, so oh, sorry. Wow. Everything went for it. So um, I kept getting shots over and over again, and finally, I didn't really know that this happened, but. I got enough shots in my behind that, oh yeah, I had a collapsed lung, like that happened with the pneumonia. So we, wait, we've yeah. talked about this a little bit, but you were a very sickly child. Yes. Yeah. Right. And like, I feel like every time we venture into this area of childhood and disease, yeah. we find out a little more. Right. And so I just... So a collapsed lung, that's yeah. like a pretty serious thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've always thought it's weird when people describe that because I'm like, what do they do for that? Do they like stick something in you and like, blow it back up like a balloon? Like, I don't how, what? It almost sounds like something you're not going to recover from. I know what they do. They give you a lot of shots <laughs> in your butt. That's what they did for me. So many shots, Brian, that it did something to like... Is that a thing? And it can't you be can't now. You can't be overshot in the it, butt? It can't be it's now. It's like Forrest Gump. I got a shot in the butt. I... And then they put garbage like thing like bags over my butt. Like before they give you a shot? No, they just stopped giving me shots and like they put like ba- some kind of bags, like weird like bags on my butt. That happened. That you just had to like walk around with bags. I don't understand. No, I was in a bed, like I was like in a hospital room. And so they I remember it was like there was something they did something to the muscle tissue or something. Oh my lord. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So I you know, as kids you're terrified of shots. Like, that's a yeah. natural reaction. Yeah. I mean, even I take my kids, and they, like, Terrible. almost put it on, right? Like, it's like, oh, my God, do I have to get a shot? And I'm like, dude, you, like, fell down four flights of stairs yesterday on your, you know, playing yeah. basketball. Like, right. you're fine. Like, quit being, like, you know. You're not even going to notice this, but there's, like, a mental thing to it. So, like, at a certain point, did, were you just over it? Like, or was it a freak out every time you had to get a shot? Yes. Freak out. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So now Poor it's you not- and poor your mom. Yeah, I mean, who knows? So now with my youngest daughter, like when she started getting shots when she was a little kid, I would go, everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Come on, daughter's name, do the locomotion. And then after a while, like she's totally legit with the shots. Didn't care. That's that's catch my disease. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, so Hashtag butt bag. What? So your story is that you had a plastic bag put over your butt so that the doctors wouldn't give you shots it's anymore? Some, they, they had to do something with my butt. My butt was covered to stop You've the You've not shot. done any research on this to find out what... I, You know, I haven't brought this up in therapy, dude. I don't know where to go with that. There's nothing... There's nothing... There's nowhere to go with that. Uh, like, where do I go with that? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's like you can talk about how you're angry about something with your parents or something or you're frustrated about something or you have anxiety. But yeah. like, what do you yeah, do yeah, to yeah. talk about like, when I was a kid, they gave me too many shots and they got bags in my butt. Like, what do you do? <laughs> There's... That's I a, want that to be your opening line of therapy this week. Will you please do that? All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh Fiend. done. Catch my disease. Um so this does not involve directly me, but it is a recent story and it does involve my family. So my dad, I don't know if we've talked about this. He was in the ministry for a long time and then he he was moved on to other things and he recently had the opportunity to join a, a staff at a hospital Obviously, when you're a chaplain at a hospital, you are around a lot of sick people. Yeah. And so one of the first things they told him he had to do was get uh, get a bunch of booster shots, right? Speaking of shots. So um, I don't know if they were in his butt. I did not ask him, but I'm sure he will let us know if yeah. we ask him. Um, so he goes to get shots, and they look over his chart, and they say, hey, because you were born before 1957, we think you need to have an update on your MMR. Now... For those at home trying to remember what an MMR shot is, that would be the vaccination against measles, mumps, and rubella, which, when you call it that, sounds like a terrible singing group from the 1970s. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, measles, mumps, and rubella. What's, uh, yeah. what's like up, the, everybody in the house? Like We're going to get everybody infected. This week on the Lawrence Welk program, uh, measles, bumps, and rubella. <laughs> One of them's wearing a bonnet. The whole thing's weird. Anyway, um, so he he gets round one. They say that we're going to do this in three rounds. Sorry. We're, we're doing this in three rounds. He does round one, and then a few weeks ago, he went for round two. Seven days after round two, he's driving home one night, and he's suddenly feeling very, just all of a sudden, feeling very... Uh, kind of hot cold hot cold and he's like this kind of feels like i'm getting the flu so he goes home he's like man i might be getting the flu or something you know i'm around all this stuff at the hospital i'm gonna go to bed wakes up the next morning bright red spots all over his body oh gosh it's from one of those it's from one of the mmr it's from one of them it's from the m the m or the (laughs) it's from the girl in the bonnet no uh so he he has no idea what it is so this is my dad's reaction when anything medical happens. I don't know if you have any of the, you. I don't know that you have a medical person in your family, but my sister, both my sisters, my really my sister, my sister-in-law, are both in the medical profession. And so what happens are photo texts. So it's like any anything oh. bad happens, you get a diagnosis from family, which is what I would do too, I guess. So it's like he starts sending texts. He's like, what the heck's happening? And both of them are like, well, that looks like the measles, weirdly enough. The measles. And he's like, wait a second. First of all, measles aren't a thing anymore, right? <laughs> second of all, I did just get an MMR booster. Wait, is Jenny McCarthy right? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry, just, just go ahead. Sorry, it's just so easy. I'm so sad. We're talking about your dad. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to title this episode, Jenny McCarthy was right. <laughs> No, we will be blacklisted. Everyone will unsubscribe. <laughs> Brian and Mark are anti-vaxxers. Except for Jim Carrey. Anyway, um, so the um, so so then it's like, what do you do if you think you have the measles? You go to the ER, right? Well, not at first. So first he he's like, 
I guess I need to let someone at the hospital that gave me this vaccine know. But then everyone at the hospital is like, that's impossible. You don't, you're not going to, you're not going to display the measles from this, right? Like, that's not going to happen. Well, I think you'll relate to this due to stories we've heard on other episodes of this podcast. But my dad has his penchant for passing out. Yeah. <laughs> Who can relate? Uh, I don't know. So, uh, I don't know who you're talking about. So he is, um, He the next day, he gets up, tries to go to the bathroom, passes out. Does something else, passes oh, sorry. out. So at that point, they call the hospital and they're like, well, you should take him to the ER. Because if he's passing out, he at least needs fluids. So take him to the ER, get this young doctor in there. And the doctor literally admits that after he leaves our room, he's using Google to try to figure this out. <laughs> because what? no one knows. Because in theory, even if you, you know, like whenever you get a vaccine, they're always like, well, you know, there's this really small chance that you could develop a fever, and a, yep. you know, right? But, like, they're not like, there's a really small chance you could have an eradicated disease. Yeah. Like, that's not really what that's happens. Not a thing, right. So, no one wants to admit that that's what it is. But, like, it's super friggin' weird because he's had this booster. It looks like the measles. So, like, no one, no one knows. Like, oh no my. one knows what's going on with him. And, and this, was, this was over the holidays. So this too. was, uh, yeah. So it was like right after Christmas, and then it's it's been going on for over a week at this point. So a week ago, we went to the ER. We're now and we're a whole week out from that, and he's still running over a hundred degree fever every day. Oh my god! Like they can't figure, and they have no idea what's going on. No idea. So, so does he still have the symptoms of? So the the, the rash has faded. Okay, but the general feeling terrible and having the high fever has not, mm. and it's uh, real intense. Oh, so it's making me hot. What, be, <laughs> Freaking me out. Beyond that, my dad is also a very social person, like I am. So he's very lonely. <laughs> So, so you know, he's at home. He doesn't have anyone to talk to about any of this. Yeah. So, the poor guy is just cooped up, and I'm, like, giving him my ESPN Plus password that I got for my son for Christmas. I'm giving him, like, it's like, dude, can I, like, float you DVDs? Like, what, what can I? <laughs> the poor dude is, like, in lockdown. We're like, are you patient zero? Are you reintroducing measles into the world? Because enough people quit taking their friggin' vaccines. It's not, it's not funny. Is this Jenny McCarthy's fault, really? Like, that's actually what I want to know. Is that, is there some weird coincidence where someone in the hospital that he works at has the measles and he just wasn't immunized against them or they're like the super measles? We can make this real scary real fast. I can't believe this is still going on. Isn't it bizarre that, like, all of us didn't know. We're like, at some point, we're like, we need to ask, but isn't the measles not a thing anymore? Like, that's the question we all have. Right. And, and one doctor's like, actually, this looks a little more like rubella. It's like, first of all, I don't even know what rubella is. Like, I, I mean, yeah. outside of being in that cool is. singing trio with M&M, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what rubella is other than I guess it, it displays like measles or mumps. Yeah. So, anyway, it's, it's some real drama, and there will probably be future updates on this show. <laughs> What is happening? Oh my god! At this point, like they're literally like, you need to see an infectious disease doctor. Don't leave the house, and if you do, 
or if anyone comes into your house, wear a mask. Like, that's literally where he's at. So I feel like if there's anything people like to talk about, it's it's their like battles with disease. So if anyone has any kind of experience here that they can explain for either of us, because I would like to know if anyone knows about this like plastic butt cover you had to get as a kid. I th- I think man, that's like from like the Inquisition from like the 17th century. <laughs> I, I think it's just this is done and gone. What's happening with your dad is now happening. It's like a it's a real weird thing, man. It's a breakout. So uh, yeah, if you know of anybody that has gotten rubella. We are the story guys at gmail.com. You can hit the website, wearethestoryguys.com. I will not. I know in a in a, a previous episode we talked about not posting the photos of Murdoch um and no. his his finger. Oh, I will not post pictures of my dad, but let me just tell you they exist and it was a little freaky. Can you take the points on this please? I will take uh 2700 points. Okay. Not okay. not to compare to your 4000 points for cutting off your finger. Yeah. We we've now like we we have laid out the boundaries right so like if you lose a body part four thousand points. it's a little more yeah <laughs> right so i get to talk about my dad next time oh uh, oh that's right i He's, can't wait that's we know how that goes it's just <laughs> <laughs> i hope i hope your dad feels better soon yeah yeah thanks man this does actually sound a little bit more like a jerry story than a dave story like just randomly getting rubella like that no does it no your dad your, your dad seems like such a nice great guy like he's just such a super nice guy and you know my dad has headphones to listen to tv and he turns up the volume on the tv like he doesn't have any there's no self-awareness about anyone but himself oh, your dad wow. a chaplain in a hospital like oh man you know he's gonna have a chariot taking him into the into the afterworld <laughs> My dad's going to be driving a convertible into hell. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> screw you, people. Wow. One more time. We are the story guys at gmail.com. And remember, you always, regardless of whether or not you have the measles, mumps, or rubella, or bags on your butts, keep telling stories. <laughs> Story Guys is a production of Brian Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2020, Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.